It's all about the plant. And then, you know, it comes about profits, about, you know, segmentation, about scaling and growth, etc., etc. If we lose that North Star, that everything is about the plant, we would make a mistake. What up, what up, what up? Today on the show, I got Philip Lineski. He is VP of Marketing at Lucid Green. So he's in the cannabis industry. He talks about the wild, wild west that is the cannabis industry, the marketing regulations, where his brand fits in, where the company wants to go, how they're taking a consumer-centric approach to their marketing and doing so within the regulations that are put on the cannabis industry at large. So interesting, more so just from my personal standpoint, I was just really interested about how this all works. How do you market something that's so regulated and that each state has so many different rules? So Philip helped clear the air on a lot of that. I think he added a lot of uh, useful context to where cannabis is at, what the cannabis industry can learn from the alcohol industry, both on what to do and what mistakes to avoid. Uh, yeah, so it was really, really interesting. But before we get into it, this show is put on by Cave. That is our agency where we help brands grow with social media. If you need help with performance creative, running your ads, scaling your ad account, or building out an organic social strategy and getting content, head over to cavesocial.com. We would love to chat. All right, now let's get into this episode. Hey, Philip, welcome to the show. Hey, Jordan. Good to see you, man. Great to be on your show. Thank you for inviting me. So we were just talking a little bit off air. Cannabis, man, the industry. Talk to me a little bit about, I don't want to say the mess, but the hurdles that the industry faces and give me a little bit of context on, you know, where it's at. Because outside looking in, it looks like the wild, wild west right now. Well, that, that's a good analogy. And how long do we have? Because I can talk <laughs> about it, you know, for hours. There are many layers of the complexity, but I think that the common denominator is the fact that the industry is not federally regulated, so it's not federally legal. And that by itself implies that there are so many regulations on a state level. So as many regulated states, as many problems out there. So to put it very concretely, the industry is overregulated, but under-supervised. And, you know, that comes with a lot of hurdles, you know, obstacles, but I would say that, you know, one of the worst things that is happening out there is that people are interpreting these regulations, you know, as they come and go. And, you know, that that is very, very hard to sort of supervise. So, as I said, there are many layers in that. And uh, we, you know, we try to sort of help solve for most of these problems across the country in all the states. So we're currently focused, you know, in California because that's the biggest uh, market currently in the country. But, you know, we are spreading our wings and going in other markets as well. Yeah, it seems like it's a lot to unpack. I mean, you've worked in for major brands, right? You've spent time, you were at Anheuser-Busch, alcohol, which faces not hurdles, but not as nearly as many as cannabis when it comes to things like advertising. We're at this interesting point. We're almost able to define the consumer relationship with cannabis at scale and how it is perceived. How or where do you see the responsibility of Lucid Green in helping with that consumer education, empowerment, and overall acceptance, I would say, of cannabis? Yeah, let me just for a step go back to the uh, thing you mentioned, the overlap between the CPG world, specifically alcohol and cannabis, because there are similarities, right? I mean, here in the US, alcohol was prohibited, right? So cannabis was prohibited for many, many years. And alcohol, you know, went to be legal. And this is what's happening in cannabis now. 
So there are some similarities there. And, you know, me coming from the beer industry, I can take a lot of that, you know, knowledge and experience and apply it to cannabis. And this is uh, the context to your question, because one of the key ingredients there is consumer education. So one of the mistakes that the beer business specifically has made in the U.S. is not providing enough education to consumers. Compared especially to Europe, a lot of countries in Europe where beer is not just a commodity, you know, it's much more than that. So instead of just, you know, asking for beer in Europe, you know, you would ask for different styles, you know, different flavors, different extracts and stuff like that. This is not the case in the U.S. And I think that that diminishes the potential of, you know, the industry as a whole. So I think that given that the cannabis industry is in a way in its introductory stage, there is a great opportunity for all of us, you know, to overcome that. So not to repeat that same mistake that uh, happened in alcohol. So, you know, that's why, as I said, you know, as the Lucid, as Lucid Green, we also touch upon the consumer when we offer this DTC platform, we, which we call Lucid Connect which serves primarily to inform and educate consumers about responsible consumption, about different occasions, and also whatever the brands deem appropriate, you know, to tell as a story in order to convince their, you know, consumers that they are the best choice out there. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like it's a battle to not only empower the consumer, but then to also fight against the stigma that has been out oh, yeah. around cannabis. And like you said, it's not federally illegal, right? There are still people being put in prison for this. So when we look at that, it creates a tension immediately where it's a crime in one place, then you drive 200 miles, yeah. and you can start a business in another. So I feel like that dichotomy there just is a natural breeding ground for tension, you know, just with people and, and misunderstanding a lot of information to be out there and political campaigns one way or the other. With all that, you have the consumer facing side, but are you working with these cannabis brands as well in any joint efforts to go like, okay, hey, we got to do this event or we get to like helping power any of their efforts out in the community? That's a great question. And thank you for the context, because indeed, the, uh, the industry has been very much stigmatized. And this has been done for decades. And as we know, particular, you know, uh, demographics have been the biggest victims of this. So that's, you know, on, on top of it. So to destigmatize takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. And uh, we recognize that. So one of our missions is, you know, to try and contribute in, in this approach. So, you know, we have a lot of extracurricular activities, I would say, you know, to try and contribute in this aspect. So we consider ourselves as, you know, trusted advisor or thought leader. We do a lot of blogs. We do, you know, a lot of events. We participate across different panels. But also, I would say we hired a lot of professionals coming from the industry itself. So we can better understand the folklore, the tradition, you know, the styles and everything that has to do with the culture of cannabis in order for us, you know, to represent ourselves better. So it's about congruence. And I think that we're doing a very good job so far. Uh, but it's responsibility of everybody, I think, because this is an industry that's not like any other. Right. So it comes. I wouldn't say it starts from scratch. It starts from, you know, from negative. So we need to come to, you know, the surface and start, you know, evolving. And that's a lot of effort, as I said, that comes as a symbiose of everybody, you know, involved. Do you think coming from Europe and seeing how the acceptance, the stigma of alcohol, for instance, is very different. I lived in Germany. It's very different. It's, you know, it's not as let's just get as messed up as possible all the time you know, type of thing where don't get me wrong, people do that, but not to the same level or the same push that you see in the US. 
do you feel like living there, moving to the U.S. has that global, I guess, outlook has helped you bring some new perspectives maybe into Lucid Green or into other organizations you've worked with? Absolutely. And also what really helped me is that while I was in Europe, and this was in the period when I was with Molson Coors, I was overseeing 11 countries as part of my, as part of my role. So I had to, you know, I had the privilege actually to travel across these countries very frequently and learn about, you know, the cultural differences, you know, the different occasions to your point of how alcohol is being consumed and what alcohol represents, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that the key word there is occasions. And marketers, they really need to understand the occasions of consumptions in order for them, you know, to produce the best communication out there, to position their product or their brand, you know, in the most meaningful way. And this is what's happening in cannabis now. So through our platform, we're trying to help newcomers and already existing brands, you know, to understand the importance of consumption occasions because... Again, going back to the stigma, a lot of people would think about cannabis as, you know, rolling a joint, getting high, but that's just a small portion. That will still be part of the culture and will always be relevant, but there is so many, there's a plethora of different occasions, there are a plethora of different product types, and, you know, that's what makes the industry so beautiful. The potential is vast, but we need to understand those occasions, even create new occasions for people to enjoy, to find their own spot, you know, because again, cannabis is not uh, to be regulated for the current users, you know, to, to consume it freely, but for new uh, users potentially you know, to step into the category. People who have the stigma, they need to break the stigma and, you know, join the wagon. And that's the only way for the industry to survive, if I'm being honest. It's for new people to, to, you know, to step in and start consuming and understand, first of all, the benefits of this plan because there are plenty. So, you know, it's a lot of layers, as I said previously, to, you know, to the complexities. But this is why I'm repeating again, consumer education is super critical. Yeah, it's like, what can we do to get grandma to have a gummy? And yeah. what is like, how do we market that when, you know, I just think about, you know, my grandma and there's no chance, right? It's, she's, trust me, if there's a stigma out there, she's got it when it comes to things, anything, alcohol, you know, cannabis, you name it. So I always, but sorry, like, sorry to interrupt you. Many years ago, I had it, mm. right? Because I was a, a ex-professional athlete. I was a sportsman, you know, so for me, uh, cannabis, marijuana, that was a no-no. And today, you know, this is, you know, I'm not going to advertise a product, but I have this cream that I apply, you know, for my pains. Like I have joint pains, muscle pains, you know, and this helps. My wife, she has a problem with sleeping. You know, she has insomnia, which is a big problem, actually. And it affects her and me. So she takes certain, you know, cannabis products, gummies, you know, and other stuff to help her relax and sleep better. So this is, you know, the angle that I'm talking about that people need to understand, recognize, maybe test, get a sample, try to understand how it would affect them, help them, hopefully, and, you know, hopefully, you know, go and return back to um, any other brand. Yeah, it's, I think there's this moment with people where they have to open their eyes and realize that it's not just sober and high are the only two options. There's a million things in between from pain relief and help with anxiety to in just enjoying a movie a little more, whatever you want to do, right? The same way that there's in anything, there's, there's, I can have a very light beer or I could start having, yeah. you know, 140 proof alcohol. 
very different yeah. effects on my body. A over-the-counter Tylenol versus Oxycontin, very different effects on my body. And there's a million steps in between in different uses. I think that, yeah, people are coming around. I also think the dollar signs that are going into states are at a point where it's like, you can't ignore it, right? Like when I first moved to the US, I moved to Florida and you saw a lot of like, it's never going to be legal type of advertising. And then, you know, as I lived there, you saw, okay, medical accepted. And you just yeah. start to see more and more. Have you seen this? I, it was a meme, I don't know, maybe two years ago. I think it was California, but essentially it was this older dude who just came out of prison. So as he's getting out of prison, you know, across the street, there is a billboard that advertises uh, cannabis brand. And he was in prison for cannabis. So <laughs> he was in shock, you know, that, that the irony of it, you know, he's getting out of prison for cannabis possession. And then, you know, he goes out and then he sees this billboard advertising the same product. So, you know, but it's, it's a good thing that we are evolving in that sense. Yeah, it's wild times. Now, on the advertising side with you, do you all face the same regulations when it comes to advertising lucid green that the actual manufacturers and farms face as well? Unfortunately, yes. Just yesterday. So we had a video format, advertising of a video format that we wanted to boost on LinkedIn. And, you know, uh, we got banned. So the response was, you know, you're talking about cannabis. So that's, you know, a keyword that we're not allowing. And, you know, we couldn't do the ad, even though, as I said, we are regarded as a tier two company. Tier two is a company that doesn't produce, doesn't touch uh, cannabis products, but we're still involved in the industry. So therefore we uh, face almost the same restrictions, especially when it comes to advertising. So, you know, we do a lot of dark advertising, anything that is allowed within the corridor of marketing. We try to do our best, you know, with everything that's out there through like technology and um, utilization of our own website, social media, events, SEO. And so far, I would say I'm happy, I'm content because we are able to tell our story, be fair, you know, to the regulations, but also, you know, do our best to your point, you know, to try to influence because we need to expand this corridor of what's allowed in time because especially for the brands and retailers, they need to, you know, be able to tell their stories more than we do because consumers need to hear. And uh, as I said, I'm repeating this for a third time. It's all about our consumers. Yeah, consumers, education. Now, if you look forward five years from now, what's your prediction? What's the industry look like? I dream of the cannabis space being federally legal. I think that everybody does. I would lie if I say that. I expect that it will happen in three months, in one year. There are so many factors you know, that affect this uh, national state. But um, I really believe that you know, it's just a matter of time. And as everything in life, it's all about timing. So what I expect is that throughout that period until it becomes legal and afterwards, brands and retailers and distributors and, you know, us, the tech companies, you know, that support the industry will work in tandem. We work together towards the same objective because it's all about the plant. And then, you know, it comes about profits, about, you know, segmentation, about scaling and growth, et cetera, et cetera. If we lose that North Star, that everything is about the plant, we will make a mistake. For the time being, you know, there are companies who understand this, there are companies who do not understand this, and this is why there is a lot of proliferation out there. But I expect that as we go through time in five years, that the companies who really trust in the business, in the cannabis industry, and who put effort towards that will be the one who will prevail 
because that will be the basis. That's what will set up, you know, the next 10 years and the next 20 years. And we need, as I said, relative to the beer business, not to repeat the mistakes that were done before. So staying committed, staying true to the common goal, as I said, trusting in the plan, consumer centricity. And, you know, I think that uh, we'll get there eventually. I love it. I, I think you're spot on. Philip, before I let you go, let people know where they can learn more about Lucid Green and then also where they can connect with you online. Right. Thank you. So lucidgreen.io, that's our website. It's our repository. You can get everything about a company on our website, but you can find us on social media as well. So lucidgreen.io on Instagram, lucidgreen on LinkedIn. Philip Lonaski is my personal account where I you know, talk about cannabis and other stuff. You know, So if you want to learn about me more uh, privately, you can follow me as well. But I invite everybody you know, to join us on our journey towards enabling the cannabis industry work smarter and hopefully see the industry thrive in recent time. Amazing. I'll put links to both of those in the show notes page. Go connect with Philip and check out Lucid Green. Philip, thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. I catch you next time. <laughs>